Hi. Welcome back to another episode of Make It Modern. If you're new here, I'm Ashley. And I'm Kelsey. And we talk about old shit and what it'd be like in modern times, which we are literally doing today. <laughs> yeah. It's like, rare. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute, you know? <laughs> it's been a minute that we've actually talked about historical things, despite it's- the fact we're a history <laughs> podcast. <laughs> What's kind of amazing is so obviously last week we did Robin Hood and I put out a tweet about it. It was like, cause we record these in advance and, yeah. um, I did like a Twitter poll, like, Hey, like these is the three variations we chose in the amount of people that commented about how much they like demanded that we talked about the one with Alan Rickman. And I was like, Oh, Oh, what? that's cool. <laughs> I, like, Sorry, I didn't realize so many people, people loved it. <laughs> I also didn't realize people loved it. I didn't realize people gave a shit about that one, but okay. There's an hour and 12 minutes left in the poll, but as of right now, it is a tie with 49% voting Disney Robin Hood, the the, the cartoon, as well as Men in Tights, and, and the Taron Egerton Robin Hood has an astounding 2% of the votes. <laughs> Yay! Okay. Yeah, but what? I love that people say that uh, the sexiest Robin Hood is the uh, the cartoon one, and that's from the Bodice Tiplers podcast, which I think is amazing. Okay, but facts. And then there was a lot of comments of, ooh, Delali, and I was like, yes, people know what they're talking about. And then, you know, more demands for Alan Rickman. You but- know what? <laughs> Maybe we'll do like a special bonus episode one day. I say this knowing we're never going to do that. Yeah, I but, mean, there's so many adaptations out there, it was hard, and, like, as we explained on that episode, there was just, we wanted one from different time periods, and, mm-hmm. you know, we can only talk about it for so long, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unlike this episode, which is already gonna be long, but before we do that, I want to hear about your week, because we haven't talked in forever. Why don't you go first? I think you had a bigger week than I did. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, what what happened? I don't even remember. Um, well, I had an interview <laughs> with one of my like all time favorite people on television, and I was so nervous. I was so nervous, Ashley. Like I I don't get nervous about interviews. Like I just don't because ninety percent of the time I don't care about who I'm interviewing. And this one is somebody who I've wanted to interview since I was a little kid. I say little kids. Their show's only been on for like ten years. Um. So I interviewed him and it was fine. Like he, he just, he's a television personality. And so I expected him, I guess, to be like very upbeat and exciting. Like he kind of is on the show and, uh, no, he's just a normal fucking dude. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like, he was just like very like kind of cut and dry and like he gave me exactly what I needed, but it was, it was like, it's so weird when you kind of talk to somebody and realize how different they are. And, um, and then the rest of the interview went fine, and we talked for, like, 45 minutes, and then I said goodbye, and he hung up, and I was like, he fucking hates me. He fucking hates me. He hates me, he hates me, he hates me. I was like, I ruined this whole thing, and I was doing the interview at my house in Long Beach, and then I was gonna drive to work in Burbank, because we did a photo shoot yesterday, so it was, like, two of the number one things that just give me massive anxiety, which is, like, meeting new people, and then also having my photo taken, because I hate having my photo taken, 
And so the whole time I'm in the car, I'm like literally having like an existential crisis of he hates me. Oh my God, I've ruined this relationship forever. Like, oh, I can't deal. Like, how am I, how am I supposed to get through this day? And I get to work and I get an email from his publicist being like, he really wanted to make sure that you knew that he didn't mean to hang up and he actually meant to say goodbye. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) and I guess Ashley texted me yesterday and was like, how'd it go? And I was like, weird. It went weird. And so that's why the interview went weird. And then the other thing that happened that was, like, far more positive. I mean, not that that wasn't positive. It was just, like, kind of strange. Um, Is back when I first began, like, writing articles and stuff, I used to do these roundups of, like, actors who I thought were going to break in the next few years. And, like, not to toot my own psychic horn, but a lot of them have. And uh, one of them is Oliver Stark off 911 on Fox. And, like, I watched the new season of 911, which I get, like, a lot of people would probably think of as, like, oh, it's just another broadcast show. And I'm like, no, it's actually really good, but I'm a big Ryan Murphy fan anyways, so I, I don't know. I really love the show. I think it's – I've seen every episode. And um, so I just, like, low-key tweeted. I was like, you know, one of the first articles I went to go viral was – saying how good these actors are going to be in years and who what do you know Oliver Stark proved me right tonight and like we had this entire Twitter conversation of him completely remembering the article and it was bizarre in a great way like it was amazing but I was like (laughs) I was like didn't even I never expect people to respond to me despite the fact that like who I work for is in my bio and I do work for an entertainment outlet. So I was like, what? what is happening? So that happened like the night before my interview. And then my interview and the photo shoot were the next day. So I was like partially excited, partially super fucking anxious. So I've had maybe six hours of sleep over the past three days. It's gone really well. I'm clearly not having any sort of residual effects from that. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's That's so fine. Cool. <laughs> That's super neat. Yeah, so that and was... And nice to get, yeah. like, someone to, like, recognize that. I don't know. I think it's cool. I also joined a gym. That was the only other thing. <laughs> That's Making <it>. those moves. <laughs> I am making money moves. Um, What about you? What went down with you? Um, Man, I feel like a lot. Uh, <laughs> well, I had a wedding that I went to of one of my friends from high school who ironically got married out here, not in California, but in Iowa. Um, That's crazy. So that was kind of like a world's colliding moment. Her fiancé, so she went to Boise State, and her fiancé, well, her husband now, is from Iowa. So she lives out here for a hot sec, and then they moved to Montana, but they came back here for the wedding um, because that's where they wanted to have it, and that's where I was family. So it was super cool to see her and kind of have like a little California moment and – I mean, we, I literally remember in high school, we'd sit in her car at lunch, listen to like country music and talk about the day that she would marry a cowboy. And she, she vision boarded that shit. It happened. (laughs) (laughs) Manifestation is real. (laughs) And yeah, it was just a really, it was a really cool wedding. It was very chill. It was, um, raining and they, they, so they had the ceremony inside this small little barn, which was made by Amish people. Yeah. And it was just, it was cool. Like, she just seemed so happy, and she looked beautiful, and it was really cool to see her. Um, And then the next day, 
I had a really quick turnaround. Um, my uh, one of my really good friends out here, we went to go see the Jonas Brothers in Kansas City, <laughs> which was like the best night of my life. Um, and this sounds so cheesy, but like it was the first time I've been to a concert and like didn't really worry about like not fitting in with the crowd because it was literally people my age just so fucking excited that the Jonas Brothers are back together and like acting a fool like i have never screamed so much in my life i've never sang so much we were literally dancing up and down it was the perfect like it was worth every fucking penny we paid because we got a little bit closer we didn't want to sit on the floor so we sat in the wow sat in the first level and um they came out and immediately i just i took a video i just screamed i don't think you can hear what they're singing i'm screaming that's what you hear it's just perfect and they put on such a fun show and it's like i remember when i was younger and i went to their concerts they would do like these little video moments and they still did that where but it was like these three kids pretending to be them and they kind of like look at them you know as an adult versus like the kid and at one point like kid kevin is walking towards adult kevin who's with his two little girls and it's so my heart melted i was like this is so cute and they they played a lot of their old songs and they did a mashup and stuff and they up on the screen while they were singing the old songs they um they had music videos from when they were like kids and like their music videos and it just it made me feel old a little bit <laughs> but it was so wonderfully nostalgic and like Katie and I had to do a really quick turnaround so we got to Kansas City at four the concert was at seven thirty BB Rexa was the opener and so was Jordan McGraw and they were both really really good BB Rexa is a queen. Um, we didn't get back to the Airbnb we're at until 1130. And then we left at 315 in the morning because while we were at dinner, Katie got a message from her boss that we were going to, she had a seven o'clock shift instead of 11 o'clock. Oh no. So we had to leave at three. Oh no. And then she went straight to work. I passed out for a couple hours and then went to work. Um, so yeah, I didn't really sleep. (laughs) But I was too hyped to fall asleep from the concert. Like my heart was still racing really fast. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a quick turnaround. So it's been kind of a crazy week and I'm kind of still recovering. I I can definitely tell you're like struggle bus and just a smidge. (laughs) Yeah. I, I haven't really had a weekend off to be honest. Like I went home to California for a weekend and this past weekend is happening. And then I have another friend coming in town this weekend and then, the following weekend, I have a br- another wedding that I'm a bridal, my bridesmaid in. I'm just like really booked up, you know. <laughs> like, it's just Girl, a lot. you need a fucking so... nap. I went to bed that night on Monday. Uh, I think at like nine o'clock, and it was wonderful. Like it was really, really great. Here's so... the thing that nobody tells you about being an adult: there is no greater feeling on this earth than when you get that like supremely tired sort of like you want to keel over feeling mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you put your head down on that pillow and it could be eight thirty at night it could be one in the morning but just like for somebody who's taken sleeping pills since she was in college like oh yeah there's nothing more satisfying <laughs> than being like naturally exhausted and just getting to sleep yeah like i don't regret any of it but yeah I've also decided that when I was little, I was, like, in love with the Jonas Brothers and, like, 100% wanted to marry them. And now I'm, like, I love them and I love the relationships they're in. So I just love them as people. Like, not necessarily, like, in love with them. Katie and I had a whole discussion about it. It was, like, a lot of Jonas Brothers this week. And everyone 
and anyone who I could talk to about it, I will tell them about how amazing this concert was. So I've chilled out, but um, yeah, more sleep is still like on the docket. <laughs> well, um, I guess we should get into this episode so we can both go to sleep. That being said, I have to edit more podcasts tonight, but um, we kind of explained at the end of the last episode what our new series is about. We're starting a three-episode series, starting with this one, which you might notice is a lot longer than our normal episodes. We're going to see how much I can cut it down, but I don't have high hopes. Um, and so our series is basically the history of spirituality. And so we're doing a past, present, and future episode, I guess. So... This is the past episode, you know that because you clicked on the title, hopefully, um, where basically we're going to talk about the history of past life regression, and then I have an interview uh, with a past life regressionist, Kate, who actually performed a regression on me uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's super fascinating. So I'm not going to give so much information because I think she really explains it far better than I did. Like I do, I'm just going to kind of give the history and then the rest of the episode is obviously how it is made modern. (laughs) (laughs) And then Ashley and I are going to listen to the regression. Obviously I was there. Um, Ashley has never heard it. And what are your kind of feelings about this modality in particular? Because I know you're much more of a skeptic than I am when it comes to this stuff, which is why we're doing this series. Yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily just being a skeptic. It's like, obviously, with my faith, that's not something that we really believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sounds like much like holier than thou. But I guess it's something that I've ever really given a lot of thought to because I've never needed to if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, no one in my life really ever talks about this stuff, so I've never really investigated or talked about it because most of my friends, yeah, most of them are of some sort of religion, you know, so it's like a different type of mindset, I guess, when it comes to this. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm excited to learn about it. I think it'll be interesting. Um, it's nothing I ever thought I would talk about, that's for sure. So, like... <laughs> This is a a whole new experience. Right. So I think that's sort of the difference between us. I mean, we've talked about religion on the podcast before, and I don't want to make this a religious thing because truly it is not. Um, In the fact of, like, uh, we both grew up in the faith. I grew up Irish Catholic. I no longer really identify with any religion, though I do still believe in higher power. So essentially, past life regression, like, just more getting into it. Um, and I'm going to say this because I'm awful at citing sources. A lot of the information that I have is from encyclopedia.com and wikipedia.com. Um, but past life regression is not necessarily the like a hundred percent correct. The viewing of a past life, like there's obviously with spirituality and like these modalities that we're talking about, a lot of it is more therapeutic than actual fact, you know, very Mm -hmm. little of it is empirical but I mean same with you know if you view any sort of religion or spirituality of any other sense it's like yes this could be taken as fact if you believe so much as it is you know what I mean so it's not necessarily like when people are like I feel like I was a queen in a former life or something like that (laughs) I mean and you're like okay calm down Cheryl what (laughs) 
love the idea that Cheryl was a queen. Uh, of course she was. <laughs> Why did you think she wasn't? Um, <laughs> I feel like Cheryl is the name for the Valley Girl voice that I do. <laughs> um, but no, so, well, I think there's, there's, how do I put this? I, I am very much of the mindset that you can believe whatever you want to believe. It, it's why I mm-hmm. have very little issue with people of different religion. Because in my mind, I'm like, you know what? If that is what truly helps you get through the day and find hope and find faith, then that is your religion. That is something that you believe in and you are allowed to do so. It's free country. It's free world. Um, and I think 99% of religions, the overall arc is be a good person. And we've discussed that, I think, I forget what episode it is, but we had a great discussion about how essentially all religions want you to be a good person. Um, and was that the Egyptian mythology? One? I want to say it was. I was gonna say one of the. It was you brought like you. I remember you made such a cool point about it, and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. So and, so, and this is kind of similar. It's like I am personally somebody that believes in past lives and. I like to believe in reincarnation because it is something that gives me hope. I like to think that our souls just kind of get recycled. That is very hopeful for me. A lot of people believe that we're just tree food. Some people believe we go to heaven. There's just a difference. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there's a lot of cultures out there that believe in reincarnations as well, right? Yes. So basically, past life regression, the first kind of known talking about it uh, was in Hinduism. And it's based off the hindu philosophy that essentially what i said like our souls get recycled (laughs) and it's kind of like you get recycled when it's your time and your place and the universe decides and it's when you like have you ever met somebody and you're like oh they're an old soul you know have you ever heard that myself Yes, exactly. But it, and it is oftentimes people who are like, oh, I really like old things or, oh, I'm mm-hmm. I'm much more grounded and mature for my age. And then there are people who are like super immature, even though they're in their 30s and should probably get a job, Chad. And those people are young souls. And so it's all based in the philosophy that like the more times you've lived, the more you've learned about the world, the more you've garnered and you take those life lessons and you take those contracts that you've kind of like made with yourself and you bring those into the next life that you lead. Okay. Am I making sense so far? Yeah, I got you. (laughs) Okay. And so basically everything is based off of karma or so says Hinduism and Karma is a Sanskrit word that actually means action, which I didn't know until this, even though I'm a big fan of karma and I've mentioned that before. And the basis of karma is that every action has a reaction and effect. Um, And so past life therapy actually was kind of first brought up by Freud, more so as regression therapy, because there's been a lot of work in the fact of like in psychotherapy People have a tendency, if they go through trauma, to bury sort of some sort of, you know, memory or happening or feeling. And so Freud began to use um, hypnotherapy to kind of bring these memories to light. And through this, people started seeing stuff that was more than just necessarily in this lifetime, in this universe on this timeline that we are currently living and Mm -hmm. so 
a lot of people theorize, you know, there's there's kind of two different theories. And after we talk, uh, we're going to go into an interview that I did with Kate. And she kind of speaks on it as well. And the two different theories are basically in this hypnotic therapeutic state, you get brought back to these lifetimes. And these lifetimes may have happened. They may not have happened. We don't know. But your body is bringing it up for numerous different reasons. And it could be, yes, I lived these lifetimes. I'm bringing it up because I need to remember these lifetimes to learn lessons in my current lifetime. Or this is what our subconscious wants us to see to help us learn. And this is our way of processing. Is It's a lot easier to process trauma if it is put in the context of a past life regression or of a life that we led that isn't necessarily so tangibly attached to the one we are living now. So it, it there is, I think a lot of past life regression and people believing in past life regression has to hinge on the fact of, do you believe in psychology? Which is also not an empirical science. <laughs> and that's what I think a lot of people tend to forget is like, yes, sci- or psychology can be measured a lot differently than, mm-hmm. say, past life or, you know, Reiki or psychics. But psychology is essentially the same thing. It's taking information garnered through verbal communication and translating it into kind of explain someone's life and the way that they do the things they do you know and so i think a lot of people interesting yeah i think a lot of people necessarily don't always agree with me on that but in my mind there are two very similar things and that's kind of how i went into this regression um i've had a regression once before and it was incredibly therapeutic for me and this was also it was it's it's very um the best way I know how to describe it, because I don't really describe it as it's happening, is you do sort of feel like, yes, you are taken to these places, but at the same time, there is this level of insecurity and unsureness of, like, did this really happen? If you think about it only as, these are the lives that I've led. You know, and I would love to believe that these are the lives that I've led, and I do, there is a part of me that does believe that, and that does would like to think that I am um, kind of intuitive enough to remember that stuff and to have it come forward and um, that I'm sort of open to that possibility. But I also Mm -hmm. think in listening back, there were a lot of things that we talked about that like I was not expecting to talk about and that really just got brought up. So yeah, it was interesting. I'm excited to listen. I think it'll be, and this is going to be um, something that probably a lot of people have heard about, but not necessarily know what goes down in it. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's kind of why I wanted to do this series is, you know, uh, with the exception of the Reiki episode, which there's no real point in recording a Reiki because <laughs> you're pretty <laughs> silent. Um I do want to sort of draw back the curtain on modalities like this where people are, I wouldn't say necessarily afraid, but I know more people who are uncomfortable with these ideas than they are with, say, 
you know, going to the doctor and getting medicine. And I am not saying, and I want to make this very, very clear, I am not one of those people who does not believe that modern medicine is ineffective. I've talked numerous times on this podcast about how modern medicine has basically given me my life back. So, but I do think there is something so helpful about kind of healing modalities like this that you get to explore something completely different and it puts you in an entirely different mindset than say like going to therapy and I think a lot of people love therapy a lot of people really swear by it and it works for them I have never been one of those people um I have tried it numerous times and I find it to be incredibly ineffective for me however I find the most effectiveness and this is something that like a lot of people have trouble with with stuff like past life regression and with psychics more from a mindset perspective than a I believe this is happening I'm not here I'm not on this podcast setting out to say you need to believe in past life regressions like they're true they're 100% true like no (laughs) I think it just goes to the people that need a reason why that the things happen that they are correct um and and going to therapy it's more just like seeking guidance and how to move forward not necessarily getting them to tell you why is my life the way it is Mm -hmm. you know well and i think that's the best way you could have possibly put it is to me these are all seeking guidance to move forward and things will always work differently for other people and just because i particularly love this type of sort of therapy i guess does not mean that the person next to me is equally going to love it although Mm -hmm. i do have a really really funny like past life regression story although it's more like psychic-y but i'll tell it anyways um because it's kind of the first thing that i was like i didn't even i had not really looked into past lives a lot growing up like i've been going to psychics since i was little um just because i really enjoy them (laughs) but also because like everybody in my family really enjoys it and so literally with this it it, like past lives I'd never really thought about it and then I I think I was 19 and working for Miller Brewery in Milwaukee I was um a photographer for them and when you're the photographer you're also that asshole that has to like go up to people and like ask them to buy this like incredibly fucking overpriced photo and keychain um Speaking of, if anybody wants Miller High Life keychains, I've got hundreds. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so I went up to this woman and I was like, hey, would you like to buy a photo? And she just looked at me like weird. Like, I don't know how else to put that other than it was just like she looked at me weird. And I was like, I didn't know if I had offended her or, you know, sometimes people get weird about how, like, if you say, like, hey, guys, in a greeting, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, what did I say? And she's like, she's like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, like, creep you out by staring. But, um, and she, she, you could tell it was, like, hard for her to explain, but she's like, I'm a psychic medium and we've met before. And I was like, oh, that's really funny. I, like, I don't remember meeting you. I've been to a bunch of psychics. Like, I could have met you along the way. And she was like no 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 we haven't met in this lifetime and I was like what and she was like I don't know she's like you know are you would you like to know what I mean I I don't want to impose this on you like she was very polite about it and she's like a woman like I'd say like late 40s early 50s 
And I was like, yeah, sure. No, like I'm super open about it. Um, you know, just keep it down. Like, don't want to hear my boss telling, you know, hearing me get a psychic reading in the corner on a regular Tuesday. And, um, she was like, do you have a scar on your left hand? And that was the part to me that I was like, excuse me, because I do. I, um, I, I slipped with an X-Acto knife in middle school and like impaled it on my hand. So I have this really like deep scar, but it's not visible. Like I doubt you would have even noticed. And we've hung out numerous times. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like it's not big. It's just noticeable if you know it's there. And I said, yes, I have a scar on my left hand. And she goes, it's right by your thumb. And I was like, yes. And she was like, so I was your nanny. And it was back in olden, olden times. And you were a princess and you were pregnant and you did not, you did not like your situation. So one day you went out on your horse and you fell and you died and the scar on your left hand you had it then too except for then it was a knitting needle and I was like excuse me and she was like your name was Marjorie and so like I kind of brushed this all off being like yeah okay sure like that's you know this is kind of interesting like for sure it was weird she knew about my scar but like she could have seen it when I put the photo down or whatever because despite the fact that I believe in a lot of this stuff I'm still kind of inherently skeptic and like a bit of an analyst so I was like "Mm, yeah okay like sure so lo and behold I go home and look up and there is dead ass a princess Marjorie who fell off a horse while being pregnant and died and I was like okay (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy now obviously she could have like come in with that story and like you know but it didn't make sense to me as to why somebody would ever just randomly say that yeah I don't I don't think that's a real (laughs) It's, like that's that's not casual i feel like no. it's <laughs> yeah it was just super weird and so i was like so that's my like one past life regression story that i was like strange um all right so we're gonna skip from this part uh, well i should ask is there anything else you want to add any questions you have before we like really truly get into this i think i'm good okay yeah, Solid. let's 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 get into it. Solid. So we're going to skip now to an interview with Kate. I do have to have the disclaimer of uh, recording on my phone makes me super nervous. So instead, I literally sat my phone near a microphone. So the interview is not the best quality, but she says super cool things. So please stick with it. Um, as for the regression, it's a lot easier because I talk most of the time. So, yeah. And then Ashley and I, we're probably just going to add in little bits and pieces of the regression mostly just the bits and pieces that Ashley and I react to I'll fill in the rest with commentary because you haven't heard my voice enough on this podcast yet (laughs) I feel like I'm gonna get caught up in listening that I'm gonna forget I know that's why I'm like I feel like just say you want to pause and then we can talk about it for like a little bit like a while and then we can continue okay are you ready yeah all right Okay, amazing. Um, 
I think this is going to come on the back end of me doing an intro with my co-host Ashley, who's not with us right now. But I do have somebody else very special with us. Uh, Kate, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I would love to. So my name is Kate Cameron. I'm a hypnotherapist and my specialty is past life regression work. So I'm really excited to be here and uh, thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness. We are equally as excited. Um, This is something that I've wanted to do since we started the podcast is do kind of a spirituality series and to kick it off with past life is something really cool. I've only had one session done before, not with you, but um, we're going to record this and then Ashley and I'll react to it later so I can cut little bits and pieces out of it. But um, I definitely have a few questions for you. And I know Ashley sent me some of her own because I'm sure we'll have mentioned it in the intro that she's a lot more of a skeptic than I am. And my whole kind of idea in doing this series is I wanted people to kind of release the stigma, know that it's not scary, know that there's nothing to be afraid of. It's just um, helpful in different ways and interesting in different ways. So I guess the first question to start out with was, what was your journey into becoming a hypnotherapist? And um, I guess what would be considered like a past life specialist? Mm -hmm. Um, If that's... Yeah, so how'd you really get into that? Okay, so it's, um, yeah, it's a question I get asked a lot. And um, when I was a kid, I don't have any memory of this, but, um, like, I grew up in a very, like, traditional family. Like, both my parents were, you know, they were working in, like, economics and, like, very, like, traditional, like, more or less conservative family. And, um I remember, like, my mom told me when I was old enough to start remembering that I guess I used to talk about, like, how I died, (laughs) and she said we were, like, we were driving over a bridge one day, and I was just pointing down at the water saying, this is how I died, and she said that, like, I didn't seem upset about it, but I was just like, oh, yeah, that was, like, that was how it happened, and the doctor that, you know, that delivered me said, like, oh, she knows, like, she knows what she's doing, she's done this before. Something like that. And so I remember my mom saying that to me when I was younger. So I thought like, okay, reincarnation, that sounds kind of cool. But then I got a little bit older. And, you know, when you're in school, you're learning about science and like the scientific method and how everything should be tested and calculated. And I stopped really like believing so much in things like that because there was no way to prove them. And so I kind of felt like it was like a waste of my time. So I didn't. Um, I didn't really delve into that again until later in life. I had an illness when I was overseas. I was teaching English in Thailand and I got really sick. So for about a week I was in the hospital and just like didn't know what was wrong. The doctors couldn't really figure out exactly what was happening and it basically was like a fever that was coming and going. And um, at that point in my life I just had like a lot of questions about okay like what what am I really doing? Is this really the path I want to be on? And I was working in education, but it didn't feel like it was really filling me up. So then I started practicing a lot of yoga. I became a yoga teacher and started doing a lot of meditation. And during those experiences, I started to have some of that, um, some of that feeling come back. So some of the ways that I was more open as a kid started to come back to me in the form of just like, having a more open mind or um, like visions or things that I didn't really know how I could have known. So 
when I was doing my hypnotherapy training, we actually had to take a course in past life regression. And um, yeah, the first session I ever had was just, it blew my mind. I like ran home super excited. I called my parents. I was like, oh my God, past lives are real. Like you'll never believe what just happened. <laughs> and I was like as excited and surprised as, as like the woman I was working with. So um, yeah, it's kind of cool. And, and I also like to to like have an open mind also with like the people who are coming to see me because I know it's not it's not typical for people to you know necessarily be open to stuff like this so I totally um I totally understand the other side um, but anyway so that's how I got started and it was kind of one of those things where like once you start you just you keep going back to it and I found the more sessions I had the more interested I was and it it made me interested in things I was never interested in before. Like growing up, I never cared much about history, but now I do because mm. it, it comes up a lot. So um, yeah, so that's how I got started. That's <laughs> amazing. Can you kind of take us through, because obviously we're going to give them kind of a live example, but um, mm. just your process kind of explained. So if somebody were to come to you just sight unseen, how would a session really go down? Yeah. So usually the first thing we do is we do a grounding exercise. So something to take them into the moment could be a really short meditation. Usually it's a little bit of breath work and that just helps them to come into the experience and to know, you know, this is a safe space and, you know, this is really their experience. So I like to remind them of that, you know, that they're here to get something out of the process and, this is the time where I ask them if they have an intention, so something that they want to go into during the session. Um, it's not really common that I work with somebody who's just like, oh, let's just see what comes up. Mm-hmm. And that that can happen. Like Sometimes people are just curious, but more often than not, people are like, well, I have this pattern in my life, and I don't really know where it comes from, and I'd, I'd really like to let it go, and maybe this is a way to help me do that. So we set the intention to go in and find some answers for whatever it is they're looking for. Sometimes the subconscious takes us right there. Sometimes it'll be like, nope, this is more important, and it takes them somewhere else. But it's always nice to come in with that intention of like, okay, why are you really doing this? What is it that you're looking to gain? And I always like to explain the two theories. There's one theory that says that past lives exist, We've all lived before, and every time we incarnate, we come down here to learn a certain lesson. And sometimes when we go through these lessons or these events, we can, um, we can accumulate traumas or energetic knots. They're called, um, in Sanskrit, they're called samskaras. And they're like, if you could think of your body like this energy map, and we get these little knots tied into us and those can be you know emotional they can be excuse me sometimes from like a point of death in another lifetime Mm -hmm. or you know just areas of tension that have not been fully worked through and processed so coming back into these experiences in a hypnotic state lets us not only figure out where these patterns might have come from but it also lets us address it in a safe way Mm -hmm. and in a state of mind where they're able to actually let go of the pattern because it's like it's like if something happens to you in your current life and let's say it's like it's really traumatic 
when we're in a conscious state, we're not always um, we're not always able to process these things because a lot of times these things happen unexpectedly, or you know, they're we're just like we're not really open to like immediately dealing with them. Like if somebody says like, "Oh, you're fired," you're not going to be like oh, okay, like, now I've <laughs> processed and worked through this, you know? Right. But the thing about hypnosis and the hypnotic state is we're actually in a different brainwave state where we're able to really process these things and move through them in a different way. Um, so that's one theory. And then the other theory says, who knows if we've lived before or not, um, because whatever is coming up in a session is a representation of the subconscious. So similar to like, I always use this example and I don't, I don't even know if psychologists do this, but like, did you ever see movies when you're a kid where like somebody's in a psychologist's office and they hold up like an ink blot and say, what do you see? Oh yeah. Like the Rorschach <laughs> test thing or something crazy yes. like that. Exactly, yeah, and they're like, oh, it reminds me of, like, my first pet that died (laughs) traumatically in a car accident, you know, something like that. Well, there's also the idea that whatever comes up, it's not, it's not random, you know, it's, Hmm. it's something that's coming from our own subconscious, and whatever it is that we're working through, it's, it's a way to help us heal, Um, similar to how our dreams bring up emotional events and situations that trigger us and have emotional responses for us because it's basically something that's unresolved. And going back into these experiences, whether they're real or imagined or what, there's a reason why your subconscious will bring it up. So I really like that there's, you know, those both both ways of looking at it because I understand that it's not um, it's not super like easy to sink your teeth into if you know, if it's something you've never experienced, it's kind of hard to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and believe in that and <laughs> have no <laughs> no proof or no experience. So I, I find those two theories to be really helpful. Well, I, I completely agree with you because I think a lot of people sometimes view, like, spiritual modalities of uh, therapy and, you know, I, I guess treating illnesses, treating sort of psychology Sometimes people are like, oh, it's just like magic. Like, how could it possibly be real? <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, no, there's there's always science, at least a little bit, um, especially behind stuff like this. That's not just you telling me, oh, this is what I see in your past. Um, exactly. Because yeah. while I do believe people have those sort of gifts, this is much more coming from yourself. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't necessarily understand right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, I think that some people absolutely have the power to tap into, you know, the unseen, and I think we all do, really. Mm-hmm. But I agree, like, having this experience is really beautiful because you are the one going through it, and there's nothing more empowering than that. Totally, totally agree with you. Um, I guess the next part that I'd like to kind of cover is when you do have skeptics, um, beyond just telling them, obviously, it's coming from the inside. How how do you kind of... Because I've found that most skeptics aren't necessarily disbelievers so much as just in fear of what's going to happen, in fear of the unknown. Um, mm-hmm. How do you kind of calm them down and quell those fears and make them feel comfortable with this experience as well? Absolutely. That's an awesome question. 
So there's a couple of things. Um, one thing that I, I wasn't doing when I first started out and then I found it actually to be really helpful is I like to invite people to talk to me during the experience, the entire experience. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're obviously talking about their past lives and what they're experiencing during the session. But I also like to say this is like an open space. And at any point, if something doesn't feel right or you feel like you're blocking the experience or there's something that's not coming in clearly, feel free to tell me. And what that does is it kind of like opens the door so that people don't feel so stuck. Because otherwise they're kind of like going into this experience like, oh my God, I'm meant to be like seeing all this stuff and it's not happening. And then it creates this like, this mental block inside of them and you know they're already like a little bit resistant maybe so Mm -hmm. that is really helpful because then they can say okay well you know I'm I'm not seeing it right away and so I'll say like okay well what do you see can we go back to this and then um, like for example this one woman I was working with and she believed in past lives but she felt she was going to be a little bit resistant like some some people are it's sort of like the nature of of our reality is like we're taught to be like in our analytical thinking mind so to drop into this state is you're a little bit you're in a little bit more of a passive place it's it's not comfortable for everyone right and for example this woman so she's in this state and she was she was having a really hard time she was just seeing the ocean and she didn't seem to be able to get anywhere so what we did is we we allowed her to see her block we're like okay do you feel you're blocking this experience in any place in your body and she was able to identify where it was that she felt resistance and then i asked her to imagine it so she imagined that she had this like big locked box that had all of this information and that she was basically locked out of it Mm -hmm. and so i said okay like what do you need to do to open this box and she went up and she sat right next to it <laughs> and pretty much instantaneously like as soon as she confronted what it was that was blocking her she dropped right into a past lifetime and had a wow. lot of details um it's also really important for people to know that everyone experiences the process differently so i've worked with some people who are you know they'll drop into the experience and it's as clear as like you know you or i like being in the room that we're in and they can see the walls and they can see details on a picture frame like that's how clear some of these people are and then other people will be more somatic so they might feel things a little bit more Mm -hmm. and they might notice like okay i'm holding something heavy or like i don't know where i am but i'm really scared and you know like slowly we have to uncover and figure out what's going on where they are and why they're there. Mm-hmm. So everyone's a little bit different. I'm one of those people who I I wouldn't necessarily say I'm resistant because I'm very open to these um, types of treatments, but I I am very hard to hypnotize. Like I've I've been in hypnosis situations before and had a rough like rough time, and mm-hmm. with my last um, past life regression session that I did, it was so different. Um, because I think when you're trying to be hypnotized by like somewhat of like a magician hypnotist who's not really there to necessarily um, get down deep but create difference on the surface because I think a lot of people 
at least that I've talked to about this and who I've told, you know, hey, I've have the, I've had this done. They're like, oh, I, don't, I could never do it because that's such a lack of control. Like, what if they ask you to, like, give you your bank card information? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. no, that's, I, you're completely aware. I would say the feeling is most similar to, like, um, if you're in that half-sleep state. Like, maybe this is just me because I'm a massive insomniac where I'm not quite asleep. <laughs> I know where I, that I'm awake. But I'm still not thinking thoughts of like, oh, I'm, you know, in my bedroom in Long Beach, California. No, it's (laughs) like I'm still able to dream and get into that almost like half hypnosis of, no, I'm not completely out, but I'm also not completely aware of my surroundings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree with you. And that actually was was what I was like. I was like, I know I forgot something. (laughs) Yeah, is that (laughs) the subconscious will only take you to a place that you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And so it's not going to like drop you down to this place where you're totally out of control. And also past life regression is a little bit of a lighter state than what you would do if you're, for example, going to like quit smoking or something. Right. Be- because of the communication component. Like I, I want to be able to hear you and have you able to like move your mouth and talk. And you're right. Like people are completely aware, you know, there's, different levels to the experience and it's you're totally in control so yeah that's a really important piece of it too and it's awesome that you you know that because I feel like so many people have like that misconception like you said where they're like oh I'll just be completely out of control and like I don't even know this person and like what's gonna happen kind of thing yeah so it's important yeah it's important for them to understand that um do you have and obviously you don't have to get into specifics because I realize it's it's personal, but um, do you have kind of any success stories of a time where this has really truly helped somebody, like kind of overcome something that maybe they've been trying to overcome for a long time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it happens quite a lot. And a couple of the most like significant recent memories that I have... Um, this one woman I've been working with for a little while, we were working together with traditional hypnotherapy and we kind of like reached the end of that journey and she was like, okay, like a lot of the problems that were here when we started just aren't here anymore, but I want to continue with this. What can we do? Mm-hmm. So we started doing past life regression and <laughs> she said, she was like, well, I, I have had this shoulder problem for a long time and I don't know what it comes from, but it feels like you know, it's, it's always there and it's kind of like upsetting and it was frustrating to her because she felt like she was living this really healthy lifestyle, but like this thing with her shoulder wouldn't go away. Mm-hmm. So we went in to see if there was anything she could get around why her shoulder was giving her a hard time in this lifetime. Um, and <laughs> it sounds like almost too simplistic. It, it normally doesn't happen in a way that's like quite as fast and direct Mm -hmm. but her subconscious immediately took her to a moment where she was riding on a horse there was some kind of battle happening and she ended up getting thrown off her horse and trampled and the pain that she felt was in her left shoulder just like in her current life Mm -hmm. so we released the pain and then when she came back into the room you know in a fully conscious state she told me that she's always hated horses. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, which is something that, I mean, I don't, I know that some people don't like horses, but she was like, I've always hated No, it's a, it's a weird, like, immediate hate for no reason kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and so that was bizarre. Um, and then another woman, this is more emotional than physical, she, um, she was transitioning to more of a spiritual path. So, like, I don't know exactly what her job was before I saw her, but she was doing something that was more conventional, more traditional, and she was hitting a turning point in her life where she wanted to go more into, like, leadership in a spiritual sense of some kind, mm-hmm. maybe, like, retreats. I'm not... I'm not entirely understand. I don't really remember exactly what it was she wanted to do. But she had this fear of doing it, and she wanted to figure out what was preventing her from from moving in a more spiritual path. So, like, of course, on a conscious level, like, there's a lot of things that might come up. Like, okay, well, it's not it's not always like super accepted by society, or maybe your parents felt differently about it, or whatever. But in the experience. She actually, she went through a bunch of different lifetimes. And the last two that she went to were two separate lifetimes where she was in um, a spiritual building, a religious building of some sort. And in both situations, the building was being destroyed. Mm-hmm. In, in one, it was being bombed. And she thought she was in America in, in like the 60s or the 70s. And then... And the other one, it was a more ancient building, and it was actually being burned, and she saw her family members coming out of the building, you know, being, like, covered in fire and burned, and this huge sense of trauma and loss that she had. And it was really upsetting to her because, you know, aside from, like, the trauma of what was actually happening, she felt like that was a place where she was meant to feel safe. And her spiritual home was totally destroyed. So that, that one was really powerful, I think, for both of us. That's incredible. That's, wow, that's really very insightful. Um, well, I think that is the end of my questions. I'm Awesome. Unless you have anything else to add. <laughs> I don't think so. Are you, how do you feel? Are you excited? Are you? Yes, I'm, I'm excited and I'm nervous. I'm, I always get nervous despite the fact that, like, I'm very open to stuff like this. I just kind of, I'm always in that state of, you know, like you said, like it's kind of, it's the excitement nervous. It's like the Christmas morning nervous of like, oh, I hope I get what I want. Um, (laughs) That's very much the state that I'm in right now is like, I'm very excited. I'm very interested to see what comes up. I'm also interested to see if it kind of parallels what I've already had done Mm -hmm. or if new timelines pop up. And that's, yep. I think, the thing that I am, and I'll, I'll kind of like confirm slash deny at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that, I think that's what I'm most interested to see. Awesome. Yeah, and that's like pretty common. A lot of times people are a little bit nervous going in because, you know, they're like, first of all, they want to see something. And then, you know, also sometimes the memories that people go back to might not be as like crazy as they expect. So like some people go back to really just really like mundane moments in yeah. their lifetime or you know like or they might not see things right away and it might mm-hmm. be like a little unclear so it's totally normal to feel that way and just know that however you experience this is perfectly right right in the way that your subconscious is ready to experience it so there's no right or wrong um, as I said like you can talk to me and let me know like don't feel like you have to power through it and be like 
I see this. If you know you're really having a hard time, just just feel free to know um, this is your experience. This is just me. I'm alone. Uh, sorry to like totally fake you out and think that we're getting straight into the regression. Um, we are going to. I just wanted to kind of give a little brief overview of how things are about to go down. Um, I did cut the first part of the regression some somewhat for time and then also because um, A, don't want you to get hypnotized as well. I don't know if you're listening to this like in your car, like where I listen to my podcast. I don't recommend it, but you know, you're gonna live your own life. Um, but yeah, so I took out the hypnotism part, uh, which is just a lead up. Kate did a wonderful job, but yeah. Um, and then I also took out the part that we kind of talked about my intention for this session, which um, you'll hear me reference with Ashley later on. I said my intention was um, really about self-worth and then also seeing if there is um, anything in my past that points to the sort of, like, root of the condition that I have that I feel like I talk about every episode. Um, super open about it, not really weird about it, but you'll hear me mention it later. Um, yeah, that just got really personal, and so I, I, I feel like you guys just didn't need it, <laughs> honestly. Um, and there are some parts in this regression that I have taken out because, I did mention some things that were very personal. I didn't want to just sort of censor myself while it was happening because I know I can do it in post. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to like explain, I guess, sort of what happens. And I'll put in like a bell sound to kind of take you out of uh, the session and say like, okay, here's the synopsis of what exactly is going down. But yeah, I think that's all I have. And so you're gonna get another fun-ass transition. Get excited, I suppose. Um, yeah, here is the actual progression. No more fake-outs, I promise. Bye. in a jungle mm-hmm. and it's hard to see like mm-hmm. it's I know it's daytime but like I go to the beach though mm-hmm. the beach is there what do you notice there there's nothing I mean it's white sand it's ocean I, I want to go to the beach more than I want to go in the jungle Mm-hmm. But it feels like what you would imagine a deserted island feels like. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good. And it's just ocean for miles. But I like sitting here alone. Good. I like being here alone. Mm-hmm. Good. Why do you like sitting there alone? It's peaceful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's peaceful. Good. For some reason, I feel like I like picking up the shells. Like, it's a... it's a. am younger. 
Okay. I'd say 14 or 15. Yep. I mean, and then if, yeah, continue. if you look down, yeah. can you see your feet? Yes. Good. What do they look like? Similar to my feet now, actually. Mm-hmm. They're, they're thin. I've always had very, like, strangely thin feet. <laughs> of course you'd say that. <laughs> um, they're, I would say, dainty. so weird hearing this i guess in a weird way like they're cleaner than i would imagine for somebody who's on a beach it's almost like this sounds really i think i'm here on vacation but like i want to live here like this is my dream place this is where i love this is the happy place and like when i first got there i almost felt like i was wearing some sort of like this sounds really strange like moana garb (laughs) yeah and now i don't feel that way now i feel it's more um like maybe i was put in that as a costume but it's uh if i could see it it's like almost like victorian like um i could see myself with like a big bow in my hair a cinched waist longer dress like 17 Eighteen hundreds. Good, good. And do you know your name? Sarah just popped up. Mm-hmm. Good. And where in the world do you think you are? Saint Croix. The fuck? Where is Saint Croix? Uh, the Caribbean. Damn. And where is your family? They're back at a house, and it's a it's a big house. It um. This reminds me, but I know it's not there. Um, there's a place in South Carolina called the Fusky Island that I've been to in this lifetime, and it, it's very similar houses to there. Like it's, it's almost like Creole, like um, big wraparound porch. It's yellow. There's a lot of screens. It, it would be run down now, but it isn't then. And it's almost like, like if I could bet money, my father's somewhat of an explorer, like maybe a general or something. Mm-hmm. And he's there, and I feel like I have a lot more siblings in this lifetime than I do, do in the current one. You've got a big-ass family, though. <laughs> I mean, true. And I'm the oldest, which, or maybe the second oldest, which is not true now. What else do you notice about them? We're all kind of weirdly dressed in white. Like, I don't know if it's a thing of the time. And by white, I mean, like, creamish. But, like, it feels of the time. It doesn't feel like we're doing it for an event. Like, it just feels like that's what we're wearing. And I I can kind of... I I see my parents a little more than I see the siblings. The dad I see very much so. Like, it it sounds stupid. He looks like the dad from Tarzan, the animated film, a little bit. Oh, Kelsey. (laughs) Yeah. If you could, like, mix that with, like, a little bit of Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Like, he has sort of a thicker mustache. He has glasses, but he's really kind. He's just a kind man. Good. My mother's a bit more stern. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like that I'm barefoot. Mm-hmm. She's mad. Like, not, 
not in the way that it's like she's gonna lash out or anything, but like she can tell. Like I get the disapproving, like ah frick, like the freedom child again. <laughs> yeah. Like she's <laughs> run away. She's already found the beach. Like she's gonna get her dress dirty. Well, that's a freaky coincidence. <laughs> right. <laughs> and do you recognize either of them from your current life? No. I mean, I'd say the mother more so than the father. The father, I feel like maybe I'd met in passing, but he's not my father now. They have similar demeanors, though. Like, still very, like, I can tell I'm closer with him um, than, I guess, this mother. This mother, I would say... This sounds very... I would say she's, like, one of my great-great-grandmothers from my mother's father. Or, yeah. If I had to bet you, and I've never met her, but it's my mother's grandmother on her paternal side and the, mm-hmm. the children I know and I don't know who they are but I know them mm-hmm. like there's a little boy and specifically I would I would say he's my twin brother in this life because he's younger and he's 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 light and he reminds me so much of my brother when he was a kid of just like no abandon like just this beautiful child say he's like six or seven and if you allow yourself to go wherever you want to go do you find yourself in this house or back on the beach no there's a back house that i went to mm-hmm. good um yeah uh, there's definitely a it, i would say it's like a servant's house yep. like a like a back kitchen or um like a dining house and I'm very focused on getting tea. There's a specific teacup that I like, and I'll only drink from that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I, I would say it's like, and, and the staff knows this. Like, they know that this is my cup. Nobody drinks from this cup except for me. And I feel like it's been that way since I was a kid. So you're Cheryl in a past life. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't a gift, but maybe it was the one I liked best when I was younger. And it's still the one that I use. Good, and what does it look like? That's white. Uh, it's got, like, peach, like, uh, it's, like, filigree, if you could imagine, like, filigree on it, like, just, it's somewhat ornate, but I wouldn't say it's, like, you know, the most expensive, I mean, it's, it's, it's white, it's got sort of peach lines with a little bit of gold leaf lines as well, Mm -hmm. um, I'd say it's older English. And are you English in that lifetime? I'm European. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like I'm going back between English and French. Like maybe we moved to one of the countries from the other. Mm-hmm. I, I would say we are British moved to France, if I had to bet, which would make sense why we're in St. Croix. And I speak French. Mm-hmm. But I know English. Good. And what's happening now? A woman's making me tea. She seems familiar as well, and the thing that I'm getting in my head is like she was my mom's nanny growing up in this life. Mm-hmm. She's old and just very kind, has known me my entire life, and kind of like not necessarily watched over me, but like she cares about me as if I was a niece or something. Mm-hmm. Good. And she's from the island. 
unconscious brought you here to this back house? I'm, I'm hearing a couple different things. Mm-hmm. I think why it's brought me to this life more so because that's what's coming forward. Mm-hmm. So it's like you are carefree. Like, like I said, I, like freedom. Like this Good. girl knows no matter, I know, no matter where I go on this property, I'm safe. But I feel like if I go outside of this property, it's not safe at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been very well trained to keep within the confines of my life. And having my tea in the back house... Like, I, I think, I think I'm the type of person who's never seen um, inequality. Mm-hmm. So whereas my mother might frown upon talking to servants, I don't. Mm-hmm. I see them as people. I want to know their stories. This is similar to my life now. And it, it, I, I want to listen to them. I want to listen to them talk and just tell me legends and tell me stories like, like, I'm a child going to bed even though I'm older. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've, I'd almost say an apprehension about growing up is how it feels. Like, I want to stay this girl with my bow in my hair. And do you feel this in your body somewhere? I'd say under, under my heart. Um, yep. Like, kind of left lower ribs is where I'm picking something yep. up. But in, what does it feel like there? Uh, tingly, kind of like someone's touching it, um, just kind of laying their hand on it. But I, I kind of got something when you asked that, and it's like this girl gets sick. I don't think I live much longer after this. I think it, it's almost like perpetual. Like I, I can't envision her grown up. Yep. It's like she's stuck in this, and it feels like she gets sick from the land, not from anything else so maybe it is sort of airborne I feel like I spend a lot of time in bed a lot of people tending to me and I really hate it mm-hmm. like I really hate it like all I want to be is back at that beach and maybe this is kind of like the last time before things get bad there's nothing wrong with this day like my siblings are running around even my mom who's like kind of disapproving is just kind of chilling on the porch my dad's talking to people. I mean, he's friends with everybody. And I'm just sitting back drinking my tea. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it feels very, like you said, like kind of mundanely perfect. Where do you feel this sickness? Is it in the same spot? No, it's in my lungs. Okay. If I had to bet tuberculosis. But in, would you like to release this feeling? Yeah, she's scared. Yep. Like, I want to cry right now, because she's just... I mean, I know the feeling she has, it's just frustration. Of just, she yeah. wants to get better, she wants her life back. Good, and just allowing any emotions that need to come up, come up. Anything at all. She really just wants people to be near her. And they can't because they know if they come closer to her, they could get sick too. And that breaks her heart. Yeah. I think she had such a connection with people. Mm-hmm. She really wants her mom to just give her a hug. Good. Good. And I don't really think that she does. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I think it's, and it's, it's something she doesn't understand at the time. Like, she thinks it's really rude at the time. And I think kind of looking back past her death, you know, she's like, I just, her mom just wanted to protect the other siblings and make sure they didn't get sick either. And I want to say one of them did, but the rest didn't. Yeah, she's just really alone. Brandon, where do you feel that loneliness? Just in the pit of my stomach. Yep. And would you like to release it? Yeah. Good. So I'd like to ask the subconscious mind to do whatever it needs to do in order to remove, release, and resolve any loneliness, that feeling in the pit of your stomach, any dysfunction in the lungs, feelings of fear of being alone. Just allowing those feelings to be removed and your release. So let's pause. Okay. What's like crazy about this is like as we're listening, some stuff I 100% see with you, right? Like the beach has always since I've known you been like your happy place. It's where mm-hmm. you feel the most chill. And I think what's like there's obviously similarities between that person and like who you are now, especially like I think you mentioned all the time that you feel like you're going to die really young. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy that, like, you have in a, in a past life. So I feel like that's maybe where that comes from. Maybe it's, like, residual and, like, maybe after this regression with her, like, you'll kind of let that fear go. I don't know if that's something you still think. It's still kind of fresh since you've talked with her. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, and I, I do have to clarify for people when I say that I don't mean that in, like, a super morbid way. It's, I think I've explained this before, it's just because I've been so sick for most of my life, it's just been sort of, like, something I had really sort of settled with. It's not like I'm gonna go out there and, like, it's not a dark feeling that I'm, you know, I'm gonna die young because I'm gonna force it that way, no. It's more just, like, it's, you're you're not wrong, and that's something that I hadn't noticed when I was, like, saying this. This is the first time that I've listened back to it. Mm Mm-hmm. And the things that I'm noticing are very strange, which is my voice does not sound the same to me. No, you sound an octave lower. Yeah. And I have a deep voice to begin with. So I definitely feel like it sounds lower. And then, like, I can tell that I am speaking at such a rate that, like, I'm not in my right self. Like, I can tell I'm hypnotized. Yeah. And the other thing that I've noticed is I keep switching tenses. Like, sometimes I'll say, I'm doing this, and sometimes I'll say, she's doing this. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that, like, when I say it more so towards, like, when I start talking about sickness, I started using she, almost like I didn't want to be a part of it. It's super strange to hear it back. And it's interesting because, like, she didn't want to be alone with her sickness and with what you've gone through. You obviously didn't want to feel alone either. Mm-hmm. And so, like... Oh, no, this is, like, very clear. Like, you'll hear the rest of this, too. It's all very clear <laughs> what's going on in my subconscious. Yeah. Like, a hundred percent. And the part that you didn't hear and the part that I actually um, 
am probably going to cut out for the real part, like the real thing too, is uh, Kate had asked me, you know, what do you want to work on? You know, do you have an intention you want to set for going into this? And I said, you know, I'd really like to work on my feelings of worth, um, which we've talked about on the podcast before is just, you know, it's something I've struggled with for a long time. And also, if I could figure out where my sickness came from, that would be very interesting because we don't know what causes my condition. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't know if that is, you know, something that could happen, but I was like kind of pie in the skying it. Um, you know, what could this turn into? So, yeah. So that's where we're at. Um, but it gets even fucking weirder, and that I can assure you. Okay. And whenever you feel that shift, you can just let me know. I felt it. Good. And what do you notice now? I still feel like some, like something's touching me on my ribs a little bit. Um. Yep. But it it feels less lonely. I think I kind of envisioned them doing what she wanted. They all came in, they kind of hugged her and spent time with her and, you know, just kind of like wiped her cheeks a little bit and showed her that it it wasn't lack of love that kept them away from her. Good. But yeah, it definitely still feels, um, it feels interesting because it's still like, like, that chapter feels closed. Mm-hmm. And I'm now seeing more emptiness. Like, I, I could go back to it if I wanted, but I don't think I need to. Good. But I still feel... It It definitely... What's so strange... I'm trying to articulate it. Mm-hmm. It feels as though, like, um, something's rubbing near my ribs. Which, yeah. ironically, is where a lot of my pain is in this lifetime. Um, but my pain is usually towards the back in this lifetime. This They're, they're rubbing towards the front. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't see hands or anything, but it feels, like, very much, like, like, little orbs of light are just kind of, like, rotating around. And it's only there. It's only under my ribs. Mm-hmm. And what does it feel like? It feels like somebody's shining flashlights under my skin like they're rotating uh, if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. like it sounds so stupid um like air traffic control flashlights like where they're kind of just going in circles i love your references during this (laughs) (laughs) they're killing me even under a spell you've got them still (laughs) fucking analogies feels like they're shining underneath my skin and they're just like little orbs of light kind of doing figure eights every once in a while. Good. And do you like this feeling or would you like to let it go? No, I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. It feels positive. It feels like it's something recognizes that it needs to just, like, the phrase that came up was like, have a little love. Good. like to ask the subconscious mind to integrate that feeling and that message for your best and highest good to have a little love to know that you were loved in that lifetime just allowing that information to be processed in the best possible way 
It's the brother. I'm, I'm back Aww. to it. No, it, it's it's interesting. Um, this I th in this lifetime. My twin brother and I have not had an easy relationship. And in this past one, we have the relationship I always wanted. Which is something that I've now achieved with the brother that I have, but it's just taken years and years of pain. And this little brother just... I mean, he reminds me of my nephew in this lifetime. He just unconditionally loves. And he just... Like, I, I was sitting... I think in our yard, and he just came up and curled into me. Just wanted to curl into me didn't have to say okay. anything and is there anything else you need to see in this particular lifetime no I don't think so I think he's he doesn't want me to go mm -hmm. he's scared of me going mm -hmm. and it's almost like he's hanging on yeah. and that's what it feels like around my ribs it feels like he just wants to be with his big sister. Yep. And I think he, he kind of knows that he, I'm okay. back and I, he doesn't want to lose me again, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. But I think I have to tell him I gotta go. And he's really mm -hmm. sad. But and you can just allow yourself to do that now. Okay, I think I, I, I'm out of it. Okay. You can allow yourself to move through time and space to the next lifetime and memory that will best help you in your current life. I'm in a botanical garden. Yep. It's like a greenhouse. It's like, um, it's a big building. This is more recent. Mm -hmm. And I'm older. I'm in my 30s. Mm -hmm. And I have dark hair, which I didn't in the last one, and I don't in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. I would say this is... I'm getting 40s or 50s, but I also got 90s. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think it's the 90s. I think it was just when I felt it was closer. Maybe yeah. this is more recent. But the guard, no, I'm not wearing 90s clothing. No, I I'm wearing white gloves. And I'm looking at orchids. Um, which I love now. And I, I really loved then. Um, I'm rich. Like, that, that sounds stupid. But I, I am of a wealthy background where I've made my wealth myself. Because I have a feeling I, I'm wearing the gloves for two reasons. And it's interesting because I do this in this lifetime too. My hands are cold. Um, mm -hmm. So even when I live in California, I wear gloves a lot. As the purpose of gloves, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it freaks people out. But I've always felt more comfortable with them on because then my hands don't get cold. And I feel like she's doing it because her hands are cold.
but also because it keeps her clean. Um, she's very proper. I, I suppose, am very proper. And, and tiny, like, um, very thin. Which I wouldn't consider myself in this lifetime. Like, she's, she's wispy. <laughs> that sounds really mm -hmm. stupid, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's and wearing... do you know your name? Mary. No, but it starts with an M. I feel like Mary's part of it, but it's not all of it. Mm-hmm. It's a double name. Yeah. Like Mary Jo or something like that. But I'm not really getting the second name so much. I'd say Mary Jo is probably close. Mm -hmm. It's not Mary Jane. Uh, but it's it's something. Something with Mary in the first part of it. Good. And where in the world is this botanical garden that you're in? I would say almost 100% in England. I'm getting flowers for someone. And it feels like I'm going to a party and giving a gift. And it's like, I want it to be... This is interesting. Um, I want it to be rare. Um, and while I like all these flowers, there's not the one that I want. But I'm just kind of staying in here because... Part of me because I'm indecisive. Part of me because I just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's someone here with me. Like, I feel like I have a husband. Good. And what do you notice about him? I mean, he's clear. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, brown hair, brown eyes. Yep. Kind of a mustache. I, I've seen him in my past before my regression before. I've married him a lot. Okay. Is he someone you recognize from your current life? No, I've not met him yet. Mm -hmm. But he's goofy. Mm -hmm. Like, in a weird way. Like, I feel like this woman and him, like, I, I don't make sense with him, but I love him so much. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so severe in this lifetime that I think I need him to lift me up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's like presenting me with like the cheapest flower there. <laughs> <laughs> like he obviously knows I'm not going to take this freaking daisy from his hand. <laughs> and I'm just rolling my eyes, but secretly I love it. Like I love that he's, he's just trying to lighten it up. He knows I'm indecisive. He knows I can't think of like what I need. It, I feel like he knows my brother. Mm -hmm. The same brother. I feel like they were friends. Because I get a connection to him like... It's familiar to my brother, but he's not my brother at all. Yep. But I feel like he just... Maybe they served together in the war is what I'm getting. Yep. Is like... And he comes from nothing. 
I mean, he's worked his way up. He's he's poor. Like, not in a... I don't think he was necessarily a farm worker. I want to say his dad had a trade. I, I'm thinking cobbler. Something along those lines of, like, something that in the 40s of England is no longer incredibly necessary. And so he knew he had to join the army to improve his station, so to speak. And I met him. And I just... I couldn't help it. Like, it's... I almost feel like, oh, God, I really didn't want to like him. I really didn't want to like him. I really didn't want to like him. And fuck, I like him. (laughs) And I feel like sometimes I have to make up for that. Like, I have to teach him how to be proper a little bit. I love that you're teaching someone to be proper. <laughs> and he looks the part now, but I don't think he always hacks it. But he's a good storyteller, too. I'm at the party now. I'm watching him from, like, the kitchen. Uh-huh. And he has everybody enraptured. I don't know. I would assume it's a story about war, but it's funny. Uh-huh. Like, about some time, like, someone got hurt and it was his fault and not an accident or something. But, like, it's hilarious. And it's kind of like that scene, if you've seen Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, where she's, like, kind of talking around people. And everybody's there and everybody's just, like, they can't help but listen. Uh-huh. And... It's, you know, he keeps looking back at me, checking to be like, it's okay, like, can I keep talking? Like, am I being out of line? And I'm like, I'm kind of, like, secretly loving it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I don't like talking. And, and or if I do, I often come off too serious. Which is yep. ironic, because it's very similar in this life. And I have a friend next to me, and she's kind of like, well, here we go again. It's the, you know, whatever show, whatever his name is. I want to say John, but it's not John. But I get a J name. Yep. I'd say Jack if I had to say Jack. And why do you think your subconscious has brought you here? I get the answer to show me he's coming. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen him before. I've seen him now. The girl next to me is my sister-in-law. She's married to my brother. She's like, God, I'm so lucky. You're so lucky you got him. He makes you so happy. And I'm like, yeah, he frickin' does. I'm the luckiest woman on earth. Hi, hello, I'm back because you haven't heard enough of my fucking voice this episode. Uh, yeah, I told you I would kind of pop in here if I ever deleted anything from these regressions slash mems. Um, yeah, I did. So, (laughs) essentially, it sounds like right now everything's going fine and frickin' dandy. Um, it takes a very sharp left turn in the next sentence that I said. So, I basically wanted to omit it because I didn't want the person that I continue to talk about to really be on this Sorry, there's a motorcycle, of course there is, because I live next to a body shop and a fire department. 
which if you haven't heard during the actual recording of this regression, I'm so sorry. I've tried to cut out as many sounds as I can. Anyways, so yeah, there's a person who I have kind of a history with in this lifetime, current one, 2019. Um, and essentially, I basically start talking about how they, in the past lifetime, in like the 1940s lifetime, um, how they are really struggling and they're kind of losing their footing and everything's going to shit for them. And then they wind up injured in a hospital. And that is kind of where we pick up with that. Um, so yeah, that's all I'm going to say about it, but sure. So without further ado, here we are. <laughs> and I feel like he was hurt, but I, I feel like he got, this is really weird. He got stabbed where I have my condition in this lifetime. Yep. I see him in a hospital and I've seen this before in dreams. And it's like, it's like it's red right there. Uh, it's, uh, sorry, um, the pain that I feel in this lifetime is, um, directly under my right ribs. Okay. And that's where his wound is. And it's, like, it's super bad. Okay. Like, I would, I would bet you he almost dies. And he didn't, yeah. but, and it's, I want to say it was like he got hit by, so, like, some, it wasn't a bomb, necessarily, but something smaller. And I want to say it's like shrapnel, and, it, and it, they couldn't get it out. Yep. And it just stayed there. And he's he's miserable because it freaking hurts all the time. And it's almost as if, God, this is so weird. He wishes that for me. Like he. He looks at my life and is like, God, she has it so fucking easy. But I'm smart, and I know that. I don't think I have a career, but I'm unnaturally smart. Yeah. Like, I want to say it has something to do with, like, maps and planning and math, which I'm not smart in in this lifetime. <laughs> but, yeah. um, like, I, like, charting seems bizarrely familiar to me. And maybe, like, I don't think I was ever in a war room, but, like, I always knew where the battles were and what was going on. Like, I feel like I had inside communication with that because I was kind of in the upper echelon. And I think he never wanted to go. But he felt it was his duty. And, like, I feel like he truly was like, I wish you would have to go through this. Because you think that your life is so hard and it's not. Like, you have a husband who's well-adjusted... You've had zero pain in your entire existence. Like, there's a hatred. Yeah. Like, a true hatred. It's... It, wow. It's very strong. And why do you think this feeling has carried over to you in this life? I almost want to say he's... Like, I get the idea he wants to test me. Like, that soul in particular wants to test me. Yep. And I don't know why. And where do you feel that? That feeling of hatred, that testing, where do you feel that on your body? Oh, it's going straight to my chest. Like, I feel like somebody, like, is about ready to hit me in the chest. Like, I'm bracing for, like, yep. you know how you, like, brace for impact. Yep. And would you like to 
Yes. Good. So I'd like to ask the subconscious mind to do whatever it needs to do in order to remove, release, and resolve this bracing feeling, this fear in your chest, and to clear and cleanse the connection between you and this other soul. Alright, let's pause here. Okay. So, how do you feel like listening to that? It's strange. Um, like, very strange. Because that one in particular, and, um, I've probably put in a disclaimer in the episode already that I've cut quite a bit of it because it did get very, very personal, and it's stuff that I've not really talked about on the podcast and that I you know, I'm not necessarily comfortable doing so, but I guess the part that I'll, I'll speak to in particular is, um, I, I go into this infirmary and there's a person in my life who's sitting there wounded and their wound is technically where I feel my pain, um, with the condition that I have in this lifetime. And that to me was when things started getting really kind of crazy physically. Um, it, it was so weird like I don't know how else to put it other than like have you ever just been in a room with somebody who hates your fucking guts yeah and it's like you just know they hate you and they you know they don't want you there and you're like you want to get out yeah because they don't want you there it like if I could have transported that fucking feeling that's what I was feeling in that moment of like oh my god like this hates me like this particular soul in this world hates me. And it's a weird feeling when you're, like, sitting alone in your living room. Um, and I also was, like, getting very, fi- like, I I don't know how much I've cut because we're recording this as we're going on. Um, so I don't know if you hear it necessarily, but I start breathing really heavily. And I did not know I was doing that. And so, like, listening back, I'm, like, you can kind of hear, like, I'm not really letting on to it, but I feel, like, quite distressed. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling quite distressed and kind of, like, fuck, I need to, like, go. Like, I need to get out of here, but I'm very much the type of person, like, once I'm in something, I'm in something. So, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. It's interesting how your body has been affected by each of these that we've gone through. Like, obviously, in the first one, it talks about tuberculosis and, like, your lungs. And, like, I know we've talked about mm-hmm. your lungs in this lifetime, you know? And um, mm-hmm. I would have never thought about this as being something that would explain certain things going on with your body or, like, illnesses or anything like that. Like, that would have never crossed my mind. Interesting. Um. Now, maybe more, like, emotional stuff. I could totally see that. But I guess I never thought about physical pain, you know? Well, and I I think it wasn't something that I had really counted on either because my first past life regression, like, I felt um, almost like if you've had a massage, like, you wake up and you're kind of, like, out of it. Like, that's how I felt for the entirety of the first past life regression that I did, like, two or three years ago. 
which was a lot more tame than this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the first one was, like, very much, like, I traveled to Russia and I saw the guy that I was talking about that I saw in this lifetime, too. Or not this lifetime, but the, the regression that I was explaining. Saw the same dude in the last regression that I did. And then I also traveled to, like, I wanted to say it was Haiti or something and saw my mother from this lifetime in that lifetime. It was crazy. But it was very much a different experience as to this one. This one was so much more visceral. Like, I'd say probably the images that I was seeing were muddier, but the feelings that my body was, like, reacting to were so much more vivid. If that makes any sense. Yeah. No, it totally does. I just, like, what is probably, like, the weirdest thing that you're noticing listening to this? I think it's interesting how it's, like, stuck with you and affected you even, like, after you had this. Because, obviously, you experienced your soul or Mm -hmm. a soul of your... I don't know how it works. But where you had someone and then, like, literally, like, last week we were talking about, you know, where we're at in our lives and kind of how you're just really ready for that person, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's probably got to be a little weird when you hear that you've, like, met the same person, like, over and over and over. So now we're just kind of waiting for that person to like show up yeah i mean in a way i think that was probably the most comforting part mm-hmm. especially in this sort of segment um and you'll see it more in the next segment too is it's like that was very comforting and it was like the energy that i felt around that person you know whether based on your belief he exists or not mm-hmm. you know it's it was the sort of effect that having somebody who appreciated me for me was and that was very interesting that that came up in it's came up in both of my regressions and it's the only thread that's stayed when you brought that up to me did you notice did you think about the connecting it to this at all like the feeling you were getting or was it just no well because i'm assuming what you're referring to is a conversation we had last week which was not on the podcast. We yeah, this is like a normal friendship conversation. <laughs> um, no, it's like a normal friendship conversation where I was kind of like, um, I mean, I've mentioned feeling of worth on here and it's it's something that I've always struggled with. And I, I told Ashley, I was like, you know, I, I feel like sometimes I am everyone's plan B and that's a good feeling for no one. And sometimes you don't want that anymore. And... So I was kind of saying, like, I'm I'm kind of sick of it. Like, I'm kind of sick of being the younger twin, for, you know, metaphorically and literally. So, it, it, yeah, I didn't even put the two pieces together. And I should clarify, you're texting me pieces while you're listening to this so we don't interrupt the whole thing. Because um, we also don't know what I'm cutting yet. So, and you texted me, you're like, did you even put it together? And I was like, no. Well, plus, it's not, you don't always want to be like... <laughs> when we have those private conversations that we don't share with everyone, it's not like, hey, right. so remember the time when you like totally poured your guts out to me? Um, yeah, let's talk about remember it in front that, of all like, these people. One heart to heart, where you're super insecure about everything in your life. And no, I mean, I'm I tell a lot of people because I find it very therapeutic to talk things through, mm-hmm. and which is probably why I like stuff like this <laughs> that like really forces me to talk through things. So, yeah, no, that, it's just, I didn't even put the pieces together, but you're not wrong. 
like maybe there is something in my subconscious that needed to tackle this very difficult part of the therapy. I needed something positive alongside it. And part of me also wonders, like, in this part, you might want to cut out, I don't know, I'm just kind of thinking out loud. Sure. With the the hatred that you were getting. Mm-hmm. If that's not somehow retribution in this life where you are not, like, the star, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And that sounds terrible. But you know what I mean? Where it's like, you didn't get off easy in this life. As it seems yeah. like you did in the first one. Or not the first one, but the last one. That's so interesting that you, like, I see what you're saying completely. No, I think, you know, the the soul that I'm talking about when I feel the hatred, it's been a very interesting relationship in this lifetime. And I think at different points in time, like, like I've said to you, I felt hated by them for a long time. And so I think maybe it's kind of bringing up all of this old, for lack of better term, trauma mm-hmm. of, like, I remember living with that feeling, not just, like, experiencing it, like, you know, like I said, like, going to a party with somebody you don't like. Like, I remember just living in that space of feeling hated. Mm-hmm. God, this is getting really deep, but I knew we were going to do this, so that's fine. Um, And so it was like... Living in that space of being hated is something that I never, ever want to feel again, and I haven't felt in a very long time. And I think it was almost pointing out to me, like, you don't want to go back there. Like, you you need to move on from this. Mm-hmm. But I also see what you're saying of it could be very well pointing out that, like, sometimes I do still feel that way. It's just, it's, yeah, it, this one was, like, the one for me that, like, was the craziest, and yeah. I didn't like it. Like, I, the first one was, like, kind of, that felt therapeutic, you know what I mean? Yeah. This part really, truly hurt. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, I'm drinking water. Don't mind me. No, you're fine. <laughs> what people don't realize is, like, however long I cut down this episode, it could probably be four times longer. <laughs> My so, voice, I'm noticing, when I get tired, it gets deeper and deeper. And I think I hit, like, a new octave I haven't hit in a while um, on this episode. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Okay. Let's get back in, shall we? Yes. So do you have one regression left? One more. And it's pretty short, if cool, I recall. Cool. And I'm back. I'm back in like the the middle space, I guess. Um, it's like I'm floating in like a the, the that's just black emptiness, really. But it it almost looks like um, like circles, of just like kind of the warm orangish light. Uh-huh. And I just I they're just like circling around me, and there's tons of them. Yep. Say like thirty or forty. And I, I know that, like, I can choose one of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's one more. Like, I, it feels like a Rolodex. <laughs> that sounds really stupid. What? Feels like they're just, like, like I'm kind of swiping through, being like, all right, cool, which one does it really need to be? Mm-hmm. And I'm somewhere in a lavender dress. Okay. Oh, this is older. Ah, uh, yes. 
<laughs> I knew you'd like this one. Like older, older. What and it, year do you think it is? Oh, um. I, I get like Marie Antoinette times. Please tell me you have a hair hat. Come on. <laughs> I don't think I say you do. Just want you to have a giant wig. I'm sorry. Like truly older. Because the dress is, I mean, it's freaking gorgeous, but it's, it's super ornate. And the room is also very large. I think I'm in Italy. I wanted you to say Versailles. Maybe you're not, though. That didn't end well. Yep. But I'm not from Italy. Like, it feels Tuscan, but I'm not from there at all. Like, I go to my window and I see this massive countryside. I think is more noble family. I'm kind of a peace offering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I've been given to this family. I'm not from then. Or, I'm not from there. So I feel really out of place. Like, I like the place, but, like, it feels wrong. Why does it feel like that? It wasn't my choice to be here. Yep. Like, I, it's very much I'm following the orders of my parents. And it's definitely, like, there are guards at the doors. So it is more medieval times-ish, but not, like, the cheesy restaurant. Hey, I love that place. <laughs> I, I feel very alone again. Yeah. Like, there's nobody here that knows me. Like, I feel like I've kind of just been left on a doorstep, if that makes sense. Not in, like, a, a physical way, in, like, a metaphorical way. Like, hey, we're going to give you our daughter as a peace offering. See you later, bitch. Like... It's definitely, it's a big castle. Or like, it, I wouldn't say castle. It's not a castle. It's like, I would bet you like lower noble, like Duke or something. Yeah. And I'm young again, not super young. I'd say 17. So like, I guess that'd be kind of old for the time. But like, and I do feel a little bit like we had a hard time getting rid of this one. <laughs> Because, like, I, I do feel a little bit like a free spirit. Like, I'm just wandering. Yep. Because I just want to explore. Like, I don't want to be kept in that room. Yep. Because the room feels warm and bright, but the rest of the place doesn't. And they're all, like, caverns. And I'm not in the purple dress anymore. It's, it's less ornate, but it's still, like, a... It's still purple. It's darker. Finds your love of purple in this life. <laughs> right? Say so still like very proper, like very high class. Um, I want to say this is gonna sound so. I want to say it's like my wedding weekend. Mm -hmm. Like people are planning stuff and they're yep. getting stuff ready, and I'm just kind of like wandering around trying to find something to do. <laughs> Cause I'm bored. Like nobody's talking to me. I feel like people are like, hey, get back to your room, but like, I don't really give a shit about them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I want to be outside, and I feel like that's my goal in this entire thing, is I'm like, I just want to fucking find a door. Mm -hmm. Or they'll let me outside, or like, because I feel like the guards or something like won't let me outside, but like, I'm sure there's some door somewhere. Because I feel like outside's really pretty. I feel like this, God, this sounds so strange. I feel like they have like a, a maze, like a hedge maze. Like, it's very well manicured, but in the distance, they're vineyards. Like, I'm for sure they're vineyards. 
but not on the property. So that's what makes me think it's Italy. Could be France, but I doubt. No, I get Italy. Or Spain. Brennan, do you know who you're marrying? I feel like it's the same dude. And I feel like I don't want to marry him originally at all. But it's the goofiness. <laughs> like, it's like, it's carried. And he's younger than me, like, way younger. But he's still got brown eyes, brown hair, and he has darker skin in this. I bet he's like 13, 14, poor thing. Because it's definitely a political marriage. But, like, and I'm like, not into it now, but I feel like coming through our lives. Like, we'll get along really well. Like, and and maybe not to the point where we're... No, I really do feel like... I do f foster a love from him. I don't love him now. But I really foster... Like, it's a surprisingly healthy relationship. As one could have with a 13-year-old. Right. Exactly. I, I want to go front forwards. I want to say he's like 19, I'd be like early 20s. Okay. And it's kind of the first time I'm like, oh, this dude doesn't suck. I feel like he's not in line to rule anything. Like there's a less pressure to him for some odd reason. Okay. So there's less pressure on me, which is probably why they're like, let's give away the run to the litter. Like diplomacy reasons, sure. But like, I kind of just see us like, in our garden or in the maze. Just like literally like we buggered off. Just of like, no, neither of us has anything to do today. Why don't we spend it outside? <laughs> just chilling. It's it's like just very nice. Yeah. Why does your subconscious want you to see that? I feel like this was a fun life. I feel like it didn't start that way. Like, for some reason, I can't see my family, and I feel like that means that, like, I didn't want anything to do with them. Like, I very much wanted to be part of his family, and it feels like his mother is, like, very nurturing to me. It's my sister in this life. It's definitely my sister in this life. She loves me, but in, like, a very strange way. Like, she never, ever intended to love me in that way. Yep. Ever. Like, she didn't care. She, I think she was somewhat similar and, like, never really wanted to admit it. Like, she sees the fun parts of herself in me. And she likes, like, yep. braiding my hair and, like, taking care of me like a daughter. Because I don't think she had daughters. His father's really nice, too. I don't think I know him in this life. But he's just a kind man. And neither of them, like, I, I just get this air of, like, noble ambivalence. Like, I, it's almost like the end of the royals a little bit. Where they're like, well, there's no more wars to fight. We don't need any territory. Henry VIII is gone. You know, like, <laughs> like, everything's fine. We're just in, like, we don't care. Like, nobody cares about us anymore. We're just doing it more for, like, political gain. I think, but they're all very, like, dark hair, dark eyes, dark skin. Like, a, like an olive-y skin. Yeah. And I am not. I'm very, I would say this is the life that I've seen where I look most similar to myself now. Mm -hmm. 
where I, I'm still like very fair. Yep. I don't have freckles though, which I do now. Like my skin, it's like butter. <laughs> like that sounds so stupid, but. I swear to God, if you say I sound so stupid, Kelsey, one more time on this thing. I know! I'm going to just... I know! I didn't even realize I was doing it. So I'm here. And it's for a much different reason than last time. Um, the next question that Kate asks is, what country are you from? And I think at this point, like, my rational brain was kind of peeking through the hypnosis a little bit. Because I go on, like, a five-minute diatribe trying to geographically locate, like, where my <laughs> my skin tone and or, like, accent and, like, all these different things. And it takes forever. And it's incredibly comical, but it is also so painful. And I'm not going to put you through that. So I'm just cutting it down to, like, it's bare bones. Yeah, okay, bye. Oh, I know where it is. It's somewhere north. <laughs> I know where it is. A general direction. <laughs> <laughs> this one, like, kills me. Somewhere with fair skin and blonde, blonde hair. Like, I've, it's almost white. So, like, any part of Europe. my favorite part is i'm focusing so hard on this as well you know what i would say is i'd say like northern russia ish (laughs) we're still here oh northeast europe (laughs) good perfect yeah kate's like thank god (laughs) good place and why do you think your subconscious wanted you to see this lifetime. This is the one lifetime that I'm getting where I am truly free. Good. Like, it's almost as if, like, my family's cut all ties with me. I'm in this new family who really loves me. I'm married to this guy who really loves me. Mm-hmm. I have zero to worry about Ever. And I can see how that... I think it gets boring every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest worry. Is like, I'm just bored sometimes. Yep. So I feel like I take to learning things because I get bored. But other than that, like, I have no responsibility. Like, it's... it's I just... It feels so light. Like, I think that's what it is. Perfect. And where in your body... Do you feel that lightness? Really a lot of, like, belly button upwards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good. And would you like to integrate that feeling into your current life? Yeah, it's good. So that's it. That's all of it. I feel like that one, there's, like, less to process there. <laughs> I definitely felt like that one was probably the chillest. Yeah. Like that one was very much in my subconscious head was like trying to make up for the one before it. Mm-hmm. Like it just wanted, it's kind of like if you watch a comedy right after a horror film, like that's what it felt like. Yeah. Like they just needed a light. It was a good one to end on for sure. Yes. And that's why I think it's so short, but like the fixating on the fucking country made me die. Because I remember doing it, and I remember being like, I should probably shut up now. 
But I also was like, no, I really need to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't need to, is the answer to that question. Fu- you, just, you were really into, like, sounding stupid on this. And I was like, stop. I think it's because it's my inherent skepticism mm-hmm. of, like, well, could that have happened? And I think, I notice I mentioned multiple times that my past life versions are more intelligent. <laughs> and I don't know if that was something I was supposed to be insecure about in this life. I'm not. Um, but I think it felt that way a little bit. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, should I be? <laughs> what are your overall thoughts? I think it was super... I think it's just kind of, like, cool to hear it mm-hmm. um, and kind of hear how it goes through it. And it's interesting that you're the one that's predominantly talking, right? Like, it's not us, like, a medium or a psychic that's saying, like, oh, this is the vibe I get off of you. Right. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, it was just really, like, interesting to listen to and kind of hear you go through it um, and the things that relate to your life now and what's stuck through all that time um i i don't know if i believe in it you know i don't know if i'm one of those people there yet but it's definitely it gives you something to think about too and i think it's not as mystical as people would think it is right and i think this is a good episode to kind of show people that it is a little bit more kind of like therapy based Mm -hmm. um rather than you know, a big show, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's strange because I am so on the fence about what I believe when it comes to this. Mm -hmm. Like, on one hand, I do inherently believe that I've lived lives before and I will live lives again. Um, Do I believe that I have the power to access them? I don't know. You know, do I believe that these are the lives that I specifically lived? The only one that I could, that was like, I really do think could have been accurate was the second one. Um, Because I think I probably cut out this part. I have dreamt of being in a World War II infirmary uh, with this person before. Mm -hmm. And so... On one hand, I'm like, okay, well, that could just be my subconscious constantly going back to this image. Or it could be something more. Whereas the other two, I had never, never seen that imagery before. Like, that was completely new. And, like, especially um, the part to me that, like, I think stood out was... Um, I think you can kind of hear it in my voice, but I could feel it more than I could hear it necessarily is like, um, I essentially was streaming consciousness because I know for myself that that's the best way to do these sort of things Mm -hmm. (laughs) is like just stream consciousness and, you know, people like Kate will ask you the questions when they're needed to be asked. And so a lot of the times I would say exactly what I was thinking and exactly what I was feeling. So I think in the last one, you kind of hear me be like, oh, no, that's my sister in this life, like immediately, because there is this sort of like 
it's a very strange feeling of this person is so familiar. Like, so familiar. And, like, they don't look the same, but just the, the, I mean, you get different energies around different people. That's, I mean, that is scientific empirical fact, is, like, people carry different frequencies within themselves and, like, when you're around me, you might act different than if you're around your brother, say. You know what I mean? And you get different feelings towards different people. And so, like, it was very clear to me whenever I saw somebody who I knew in this life. Like, it was it was clear as day. Whereas, like, sometimes I'd get kind of hazy. Like, I think I say in the first one that, like, I know, my, I know I've met my father in this life in you know, the first one, but he isn't my father now. Like, it wasn't like we have a close relationship. It was really interesting. Like, I think I'd do it again. I think I'd probably wait a little bit. And obviously you can hear in the background, there's tons of cars and stuff, which I didn't love <laughs> um, because I was in my living room because I wanted enough space to kind of like lay out my computer and lay out me and my bedroom's kind of small. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that would have been the one thing I changed because I did notice, like, especially towards the third one, like, the focus with the first two ones, I really felt entranced. And the third one, less so. Like, again, you can hear me go on about fucking trying to figure out which country I'm from. I think it was really cool and just, like, neat to kind of hear it, go- you know? And, um, mm-hmm. I think it's, this one's substantially cooler than I think what, um, the next one will be just because you won't obviously be hearing either one of us go through Reiki. So. Well, true. Well, and now here's my question to you. Do you think you would ever do past life regression? Um, maybe. I think it'd be cool to kind of hear it go. Um, however, also, I don't think I could justify spending money on it. So, so until I well, make it no, big in the world, fair. until I make it big in the world, I will maybe try it then. But no, that's understandable because, like, I've told Ashley before, like, I do find these things very therapeutic, and therefore I don't have an issue spending money on shit like this because I probably would anyways. In my case, it's just we got to record it this time. Mm-hmm. I also probably want to have you there with me when I do it. But yeah. I think it was really cool. Sorry, I'm not. You're, this, I'm not bored. I'm just slowly kind of. You're making this was me a longer yawn. episode. This was a to be fair. Episode. We've been recording way longer than we ever normally record, or if we do record this long, we usually take a break in between. So we haven't. But um, I mean, I think this was a really interesting episode. And if you're interested at all in checking Kate out, because she's the most wonderful human being on this planet, she was super, super great. Um, she made me feel so comfortable. She even sent me notes after our meeting and we kind of did a debrief that I'm not really including in this because I, I kind of want to keep it between us. It was like a really nice sort of like personal coming down moment. Um, but you can find her online and on Facebook at Seeking Sundara. It is Seeking spelled the normal way and Sundara is spelled S-U-N-D-A-R-A. Um, I highly suggest you check her out. She's truly incredible. And I do want to thank her so, so much for doing this and being a part of this episode and just being so open and honest with us about her profession. She's amazing. Just please, please go check her out. 
Yeah, I also want to put out there if you've done a past life regression and want to share with us. Oh my god, the spirituality series. We'd love to hear and like if you're comfortable, read it on our next two. Yes, please share. Um, yeah, we can definitely put out like Twitter and Instagram asks as well. Um, because we definitely like I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your views on that stuff. Like this is all about starting a conversation. Definitely. Um, so the next one we are, well, Kelsey's tried it. I've never tried it. So I was going to try Reiki and Mm -hmm. I think you've sent me someone that you use to kind of help get you to go to bed or like kind of like zen out a little bit. For sure. So I've been doing Reiki and not my personal self, although I do want to get certified in it one day. Um, I've been using Reiki since high school, maybe a little after high school. I want to say maybe freshman year of college Um, because somebody recommended it to me for my health issues. And so um, it's essentially like the transfer of energy and it's very much kind of the present sort of, um, how do I put it, like spirituality du jour? (laughs) Like... I know a lot of people who are super into Reiki and are super into crystal healing, which often goes hand in hand with Reiki. Mm-hmm. Um, I use Reiki personally every night to go to bed. I, I don't always like, how do I put this? Um, sometimes I really focus on the actual, like, I need this Reiki to help heal this thing. And for that point in time, I'll like actually set apart an hour of my day. But most of the time... I I really like this one uh, woman on YouTube. Her name is Luna Nate, and she is a master Reiki practitioner. I think that's how she says it. And I've been like listening to her for years. So I sent Ashley like pretty much her most basic sort of uh, Reiki guided meditation. Like essentially, Reiki is just a very very cool form of guided meditation. And so I'm very interested to see what Ashley feels versus what I feel. Um, cause I do get certain feelings when I do consciously like tune into the Reiki and open myself up to it. Um, and then I think we'll talk a little bit about crystal healing, which is shockingly one spiritual modality that I don't like. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to go, we have this store here that I might check out. It's called ancient ways mm-hmm. and, um, they're really into the crystal healing. So I thought maybe I'd go over there um, and kind of pick their brain a little bit and see if they have a stone they'd recommend to me and then kind of try it out. Yeah, you should. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I say that I don't like it just because it personally, like, I, I, just as Ashley says, like, <laughs> she didn't feel, you know, comfortable spending a whole bunch of money on, you know, past life regression or a psychic visit. I feel the same way about crystals. They don't do enough for me that I really can justify being like i'm gonna buy a 30 dollar piece of selenite like <laughs> yeah well see like, i'm hoping it's cheaper oh there my will justification be is if um you know it doesn't work at least it's pretty and i could put it on my coffee table oh totally <laughs> and they do like there are certain crystals that like the part i don't disbelieve it because i do feel different things when i hold certain crystals like kyanite for whatever reason like, if I hold blue kyanite, my entire arm seizes up. It's very weird. And I showed it to my dad because he was, I took a, my freaking father to a crystal store when he was visiting me, which you can imagine he loved. Um, my Virgo-ass father being like, mm-hmm, sure. 
sounds good. But he actually saw, like, my arm, like, kind of tense up, and he was like, oh, that's weird. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Like, <laughs> like my body just doesn't respond well to this crystal in particular, whereas, like, orange calcite really responds well to. Like, stuff like that. So I do believe that they're, they do have properties. It's just one of those for me that I'm like, they don't do enough for me. So, anyways, it'll be interesting to get into that next week. Um, yeah. And if you're not following us on social media, you should be. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at capital M-I-M underscore podcast. And then on Facebook, we are at Make It Modern Podcast. I think this has been a really neat episode. And, uh, yeah, I've been Ashley. And I've been Kelsey, and we'll see y'all next week. Thank you.